Very. We're here in Florida. It's uh, the third time I get to sit down with you for an episode of the podcast. And it's really cool. You got a project, the first Seabay house permitted going up here down the street. Uh, and you guys are now looking to expand in the American market as the 3D printed construction industry is exploding. Uh, what are some of the exciting things we're going to be able to talk about today? What are we going to talk about? Uh, new technology, new projects, um, as well as new partnerships that we have uh, here throughout the United States. Let's start with the new technology. So I think my audience is familiar with your crawler, which is really easy to set up, really easy to clean. I did your operator training two years ago. Uh, I think it's about to expire, maybe. <laughs> but uh, that was a really great experience and upgraded my understanding of the technology. Mm. Getting You guys always talk about hands-on learning. Uh, learning by doing is your motto. It's still the motto? Yeah, it's just, yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, so the new technology, there were rumors of a gantry system two years ago. Now you guys have uh, stepped up the progress in that field. Yeah, um, it all started back in 2019 uh, when we had a collaboration with an Indian company called Sarpoji Palunji. Uh, and they asked us, can you do a G plus three apartment complex? Um, and with our robotic system, we were able to print elements and then assemble it. Um, and then eventually they said, okay, make it a G plus seven apartment complex in Mumbai. Um, so we had to figure out to build that, um, uh, and, but also beat the local economics in India. And mm. uh, that's a different um, economy than here in Europe uh, or in the United States. Um, but they're building way cheaper, uh, less labor uh, costs, of course. Um, so we had to be, uh, try to figure out a way uh, to beat that, as well as building uh, in a seismic area mm -hmm. in Mumbai. Uh, so we came up with a model uh, to uh, print uh, the floor and the wall in one go. Uh, but we couldn't do that with uh, the robotic system. Um, you want to do that uh, with a bigger system. So based on that, uh, we took our designs of our gantry that we made back in 2014 and 15 already mm -hmm. um, and took those designs and created a gantry system specifically to build um, uh, those floor and wall systems in one go. Um, and then we determined you don't need to have a big entry um, like Cobalt is making 12 by 12 meters or um, a rather small one. You need to have like a middle sized uh, gantry system of uh, seven meters by 10 meters by four meters, which enables you to build two of those modules in one day. Um, and also with that system, it's, uh, you print and then with a secondary mixed pump system, you're actually pouring the floor um, at the same time. So that uh, when uh, you end printing uh, the walls, uh, also your floor has been poured. Uh, and that can be finished uh, the days after, mm -hmm. uh, since we have this fast setting material, uh, which also is hydrated within 24 hours. And that allows you to finish it, to have it plastering with the windows, uh, with the roofing, the lightning, in the four days after you've uh, printed such a module. A major complaint for gantry systems is the setup and takedown on site, having to put the anchors in. True, but that is why uh, we said you need to have a gantry system in a factory, mm -hmm. so build a modular off site. And then um, uh, have a principle. So there are a lot of structural principles in our concept in order to um, uh, and drive it on a truck to the job site. And then like Lego, just assembling your building. And then eventually it doesn't matter how big your building is. You just assemble uh, more modules. And, and within the structural principle, uh, you can adjust it so that it complies with every uh, seismic loads or wind loads that you have here in Florida or in India or uh, wherever uh, globally. Yeah, it's definitely a different approach than some of the other gantry system groups have been taking, trying to encourage groups to do printing on site versus you're clearly taking a stand of the gantry system we're developing is for off-site construction. Off-site the and factory. then a factory, uh, like building a car, mm -hmm. and then actually uh, uh, using something uh, from out of the modular construction community. So we're actually combining the 3D printing community and the modular construction community. 
Interesting. And will that will also be offset in the same factory? Yeah. So you'll have multiple different pieces of large equipment, a printer, some other prefabricated automation. Yeah, correct. Um, uh, we work in the Netherlands with uh, partners that actually offsite to make the kitchen and the bathroom. Um, and then we just put that in place uh, so that eventually, yeah, it, in the end, it's about efficiency of the process. And based on efficiency, you can reduce the cost. Uh, within the project that we are doing ourselves with Siba Real Estate, uh, we've got land in the Netherlands where we are building an apartment complex for 12 people. Nice. Um, currently, we are selecting those 12 people that can rent it. Um, uh, 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 uh. Um, uh, in those houses, um, uh, in next month, we're going to permit, uh, uh, submit for the construction permit. Uh, we can reduce eventually the co construction costs by around 30% compared with uh, conventional construction. In your estimates? In your, yeah. Wow. Uh, the, uh, estimates, uh, currently, uh, we uh, have all the quotations. Uh, so if we get the permit, uh, in April, we submit for the construction permit. It will take three months mm -hmm. in the Netherlands to get the permit, uh, which will be by July. Uh, then we can start, start construction, uh, printing in our factory by August, September. And it's envisioned to assemble everything by November, so that by the end of this year, everything is being uh, delivered turnkey. Wow, and that'll be the first permitted building you've used that system for? Yeah. Very That's exciting. also We want to do it first ourselves, uh, so that entire project, so that we have the experience. And yeah. based on the experience, uh, later on this year also, uh, the same gantry um, that we have in the Netherlands will come here to Florida. So that we also can do it here, mm -hmm. uh, but also um, uh, showcase that so that uh, uh, our current clients, as well as new clients, they can start purchasing the gantries and actually build in the same way. Yeah, that goes a long way, giving customers that certainty of seeing you've done it before versus expecting them to figure it out on their own. Right. Yeah, you don't want to have uh, customers that buy a printer and then they need to figure out the material, the, the design and engineering. That's why we have our building and society uh, team in place uh, to support that. That's why it's also relevant or actually crucial to print ourselves uh, in Florida. Um, uh, so that uh, way we came up with uh, establishing Seabook Construction Florida um, in order to work together with James, who has experience with a mm -hmm. cobalt machine, uh, to do this building and all the projects afterwards. Yeah, it's interesting. You're also using a slightly different mix here than you were using. I know in the past you had mentioned it was possible to ship 30% of the mix solution and source the rest. Yeah. And now you're using a 3%. Exactly. Um, we work in uh, Europe with Corridor um, uh, uh, from off the beginning since to, to the, uh, 2012, um, uh, tweaking the material until 2013. Um, uh, we call it the Cyber Mortar. Um, uh, uh, but with them, uh, we are in a, a collaboration also with GCC, which is located throughout the United States and Mexico, and together with CTS, uh, which is a company also located here in uh, the United States. And with them, we can source uh, almost in every state mm -hmm. uh, and produce the cyber mortar locally. Nice. Uh, and that's also crucial in order to open up uh, the American market. Um, right? So you have a printer in Texas at a university, another printer in Texas uh, at a uh, business. I know you have a lot of printers shipping out this year to different American groups. Yeah. Uh, are the Texas groups able to use the same mix design as you're using here? They are able to use the same uh, mix design as that we are using here in Florida. Um, but we also see that uh, our uh, partner in Texas, which is currently building um, at the first house there, mm -hmm. they're using their own mixture, mm -hmm. uh, a geopolymer, which is quite interesting. Uh, because with that material, they don't only cut cost, um, but also they reduce the amount of carbon, carbon uh, CO2, uh, while producing it. 
Some people have the perception that if they buy a CBay printer, they're locked into your mortar. That's not no, the case. No, that's not the case. Um, and they're free. Uh, we are working also with other companies, uh, material suppliers, to test their materials so that we know um, if a, co a customer wants to work with, uh, let's say, Sika um, mm -hmm. or, or uh, Heidelberg uh, or Lafarge or uh, with Latikrit or uh, any of the other companies, then we have the experience already how to process it, what the mixed pump uh, ratios would be in order to be capable um, to using those materials. Of course, we've got more experience with our material. Um, our own projects will always be with our material, um, uh, but it's free for other customers uh, to use other materials. For example, our partner in Morocco, he is actually using Lafarge uh, uh, material, mm -hmm. which comes from Spain. Interesting. And so the material, if a customer wants to use something new, do you help them with that process? Yeah, um, if they can uh, ship some material to us um, or uh, ship the properties uh, and the setting time, etc., then based on that, we can advise them um, how they can process it uh, with the amount of water, the amount of uh, additive. We're, we are using a retarder. Maybe they can use a, 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 an additive that is ex accelerating uh, the setting time, depending on the material. That's also uh, the printer that uh, we shipped last year to Hong Kong. Um, we add the additives within our mixed pump system and then pump it through the hose. And we also have a secondary uh, for a, a, the, the 2K um, and to add the additive like X3, for example, mm -hmm. in the nozzle. So we've got different options in order uh, that goes with uh, the printing systems. That's for both the robot arm and the entry? Yeah, correct. So you have a hopper at the... Extra grid? Exactly. Uh, that's an option. And that depends on what material you're using. Did you develop your own 2K head? Yeah. That's a process, right? Those are expensive. <laughs> um, it wasn't as expensive as developing the gantry mm -hmm. <laughs> for the last two, two, three years. Most groups that sell just the 2K unit adapter, it's like $150,000 for the adapter. No, it's way less. Uh, we do it for 39000 Yeah, I think Bauminator... Mm -hmm. Their system is like 150k. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other groups. I haven't heard of a forty thousand dollar. But also, it's just an option of thirty nine thousand uh, euros, and that comes then on the either the robot crawler or on the uh, the gantry. Mm -hmm. Cool. But that's also like I mentioned, um, building PPVC like Lego, assembling everything. That's also what uh, our beliefs is in, in within the uh, machinery. You have your basic core machine, and then you need options um, uh, in order to stack on it. Um, if you want to process different materials or if you want to print different um, uh, 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 layer width, uh, etc. And that depends in every country we see the uh, construction is different. Uh, so you need to have a system that can uh, be adjusted to what is locally common. How similar is the mixed design for the 1K and the 2K? Um, the, how similar? They all have this 30% um, uh, SIBO uh, compound, mm -hmm. uh, which always is the same. And that's also it. Um, uh, uh, that compound is, for example, being shipped also to New Zealand. And then with local aggregates, you can play. Um, uh, in New Zealand, actually, we are also looking to uh, integrate uh, volcano ash. In uh, Morocco, they're actually looking into uh, integrating rubber uh, waste of tires so that that reduces uh, the, uh, the sand aggregates that mm -hmm. they need. Um, I know that our partner in Vancouver they want to see whether they can um, reduce the uh, sand aggregates and replace that by forest wood. Um, so a lot of material developments are happening globally. Yeah, that's interesting. So the difference would be in the retarder and the accelerant? 
Um, and if we, we use our own uh, compound, right, eventually that's also the cementition material, um, and then um, you can play with it uh, with, in this case, a retarder, uh, but with other groups uh, which have a different uh, compound. Uh, and the materials then may be based on a geopolymer or on a uh, OPC, a Portland cement, and probably indeed they would need an accelerator. You have a lot of accelerant in your dry mix, and so it cures or yeah, starts the, to the, solidify the compound quick. itself uh, the cementation material itself is already very fast so within like a couple layers it's already feeling solid which is yeah, yeah, fairly like unique depending on the size uh, of the wall element of three meters um, at 10 feet um, uh, you have like four or five layers and then it's already hard you mentioned Sika. uh there they have a mix that's kind of similar hardens fairly quickly uh is that the has the Sika mix run well in the CBA printers? Um, okay, cannot disclose too much about that. Okay, <laughs> I managed a lot of companies, uh, so yeah. fair enough. I haven't seen any Sika printed houses yet with a CBA printer, so uh, or Sika. I'm not aware of any Sika printed houses. There probably might be one or two somewhere, but uh, anyway, the American market's really been heating up. So you mentioned there's a printers going to a bunch of different states. How much of that are you able to talk about? Um, uh, at this moment, uh, we have uh, around seven or eight states uh, already. Um, and based on hey, it's about credibility, we print ourselves here and uh, figured out uh, the local mixture, uh, complying with the local regulations, having a construction permit that helps in order to, um, in upcoming weeks, to add a couple of more states uh, where printers will be sold. Um, uh, almost daily new customers come here if they see eventually and they can feel the concrete printed uh, walls um, uh, yeah, they're sold uh, and based on that also in the last couple of months with uh, uh, most of them we also that's important created a business case so we compared their buildings that they want to build conventionally we compared that uh, what if you would print it with either a gantry system or a robotic system and uh, we could indicate that we could reduce the cost by 10 to 20 percent uh, which um, uh, uh, gives them a feasible business case, uh, which allows them uh, to purchase the machinery. Yeah, once you have that proven out with completed projects, it's going to be a no-brainer. Yeah. So it's not about here this project, about uh, within one and a half or, or maybe two weeks printing it. And there has been a tremendous work together with James, with GCC, with Kugedor to get the infrastructure ready. And uh, now uh, actually that is in place, not only for us here in Florida, in the northern part of Florida, but actually for all the potential customers that we have here. Um, so and if we have our own designs uh, of buildings, etc., uh, on the shelf, um, they can just buy a printer and actually uh, within a couple of months start construction um, and delivering those buildings way faster than they would uh, do uh, in a conventional way. Yeah, I think something I was thinking about yesterday, I think of all the people in the 3D printed construction industry, you may have taken on the most personal risk in terms of you <laughs> didn't raise any external money. You got you worked with your family and some. Uh, your family has a construction company in Oaks. Yeah, right. Uh, so you have construction experience. And um, last year they actually celebrated we with the family. We celebrated uh, the uh, 100 years uh, wow. of that company. Uh, so currently my brothers took it over uh, two years ago uh, as a fourth generation. Um, and so there is a lot of experience uh, in construction, and I think that also sets us apart uh, compared with all other companies. And that uh, regarding, uh, and you mentioned we didn't raise any money. We are actually preparing for mm -hmm. next year to raise our first funding uh, investment and then actually scale it up. Yeah, and that's really powerful that you were able to wait. That risk you made mm -hmm. will have paid off at that point when uh, nobody kind of robbed your equity cheap. 
No, yeah, true. We, uh, we hope that we're going to pay off in the upcoming 10 years. But I think uh, now is the time because we have everything in place. Um, uh, bootstrapped it and uh, paid for it ourselves. As opposed to other um, people's money. Exactly. Um, and based on that, we are in control. Uh, we have been able, therefore, not only focus on the robotics system on the crowdler, but also developing a gantry and other stuff. Um, actually, I have a lot of proof of concepts and building our own buildings uh, as a real estate company. Uh, what we also have in place with CB Capital, um, we've got like around seven companies currently. Uh, with CB Capital, we can provide uh, leasing agreements so that a customer doesn't need to purchase the printer, mm -hmm. but actually they would lease it. So they don't need to have this uh, big investment of uh, 250 or half a million uh, euros to pay for it. Uh, they can just lease it. So we've got a lot of things in place, uh, which actually um, everything is focused on helping our clients uh, to uh, easier uh, get a printer and start building. Uh, so that uh, over the last 10 years, uh, this year we celebrate uh, 10 years of Siva. Um, uh, I think one of the longest companies in 3D concrete printing, uh, actually. Um, uh, uh, we've got a lot of it in place, um, uh, actually, to make the next step and really scale it up. Not only actually here in uh, the United States, uh, as well as in other places like South Africa or in Saudi Arabia. I wonder how much the Casa 3D website costs, and then I could say I'm the longest in 3D printing. <laughs> Yeah, but you can see, right? we, I started back in 2012 when I saw a movie from Barry Krishnevich and I thought, hey, what he is doing, that it's not that difficult. Uh, it's some material, it's some hardware, it's some software. Sure. Hey, I can develop this. Um, but I, based on that, I saw an entire market starting up. And currently, a lot of other companies, they start like two years ago, one year ago, three years ago. Uh, they don't see what already has been in place. Um, uh, and that's actually, it's really nice to have seen and experienced uh, and actually also knowing a lot of people um, uh, in, in, in this community. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so where do you see the market heating up the most? Like, is Europe going to be a big in market for 3D printing construction? Um, I think the American market will uh, uh, grow uh, the fastest in the upcoming years. Short -term. Uh, but at, yeah, short term in upcoming 10 years. Um, uh, 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 then uh, because Europe is a quite, it's um, a one continent with a lot of different countries. Um, and America, America is uh, yeah, one country, uh, huge. Uh, so that will grow currently uh, the fastest. Um, yeah, uh, and we are focusing also on other countries like India, etc. But there the economics are more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, or, um, but it has been said uh, that like in every country, there is a demand for housing. Uh, in the Netherlands, we need uh, by 2030, 1 million houses. Mm -hmm. um, wow. uh, 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 in, uh, Saudi in Saudi Arabia, they need, I don't know, a couple of million. In uh, South Africa, uh, they need 2.5 million. So in every country, there is a demand. And the current construction industry, uh, uh, the productivity uh, uh, of the amount of houses that are being built uh, cannot cope up uh, with that demand. Uh, so there is a huge um, opportunity for 3D concrete printing, if you do it in the right way, also uh, for other construction methodologies. Um, in the Netherlands currently, there is a big development of wood construction, uh, or what you see also here in the, throughout the United States, as well as in Europe, is modular construction. And what we believe is in automation uh, with printing, actually combining it, like I mentioned, with modular construction, uh, in, in order to fill in just a little piece of that demand. Um, but demand is so big, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of opportunities. Yes, yeah, certainly. The challenges of a startup were, this was your first startup venture, right? Mm -hmm. What were you not expecting? What was? 
Um, what did I? I didn't expect anything. Um, <laughs> it was. It's like walking. Uh, if you uh, expect something to happen uh, at step ten, um, uh, you you shouldn't focus on step ten. You should focus on the first step. And if you sure. have achieved that, then you can focus on the second step. And then actually building it up uh, with every step. Um, uh, and then that is actually a learning process. Uh, and like I mentioned, uh, learning by doing every step, that's something new. And that's also what Seabird we try to do. Like every year, uh, we try to add something new to something what we are already doing in order to uh, improve uh, uh, the company, ourselves, etc. And that's nice to do that at a young age. I started with Seabird when I was like 25. Um, uh, rather than uh, starting it with uh, a lot of other companies, uh, people started when they were 45 or 50. So they have also a, uh, quite a different exit strategy uh, than that we have. Do you have an exit strategy? Um, no. No, yeah, we want to raise, uh, we, we want to start raising capital. Um, and that's also then for the, uh, the current team members and then um, uh, scale up the value. Um, I, like I mentioned, I'm still 35. Uh, if we are going to do this in the upcoming 10 years, then, That's I'm, step then, then I'm 45. Um, and then we will see what will happen afterwards. Uh, it would be nice. Eh? I'm, I'm from a family-owned uh, construction company to eventually hand over the company uh, in its whole or partly to a next generation. Um, that's the, uh, that is it, uh, in our DNA. Yeah, that's a good exit plan. So what about Dubai in the Middle East? What about Dubai? They have, of course, and we were quite lucky uh, back in 2016 uh, that Shaif mentioned um, uh, by 2030 or so, 25% uh, of all the buildings need to be printed. Uh, yeah, it's getting uh, close. Yeah, well, that's indeed uh, within just seven years. Um, uh, so there are, with the governments, uh, uh, the uh, uh, RTA or DWA or Dubai Municipality, a lot of programs in, uh, actually to build by means of printing. But then the economics come in play. Uh, printing in Dubai um, is not always competitive compared with local uh, conventional construction. So that's what they are struggling with. Um, uh, uh, but also, uh, if they have a project, uh, they need to bring in a lot of materials. So the price of printing is always higher due to transportation costs and getting uh, people with knowledge, etc. To my uh, knowledge, they don't have a single new printed building since I was there 15 months ago. No. Um, tip, tip, tip. Um, they have... Hey, you were there with um, uh, uh, in uh, Abu Dhabi, right? Uh, yeah. With a building that Halfway House. Uh, basics uh, uh, yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, 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 true. I think indeed that's uh, their last one. They have um, a design to print a mosque. Um, uh, 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 they are currently searching for who's going to print that, or maybe they already found uh, a company. But that's the thing. They always need to bring in stuff uh, from outside Dubai um, and that will increase the cost. And then they, uh, 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 based on the projects that we are calculating for, uh, for there, uh, they conclude it's not interesting to print because they don't have the local uh, 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 knowledge or uh, sources. Yeah, it's tough to imagine they get to that 25% number by 2030. At the current it might place. be if you use uh, uh, PPVC and set up a factory locally and mm -hmm. localize everything, then actually you can compete with uh, the other conventional uh, ways of construction. What is PPVC? Uh, Prefabricated, prefinished volumetric construction. Okay, so that's for the... printing uh, with the gantry, the floors and the walls in one go. What you've been talking about the whole time. Yeah. Cool. How many floors high can you go with the PPVC system? I don't know. Uh, we are currently working on uh, the four-story building in the Netherlands. No earthquakes. Um, based on that, we scale up because it has been designed to do a G plus seven. 
uh, in India with earthquakes. Um, uh, uh, what is crucial is that you need to be able to adjust the structural principles to uh, have, if you want to go higher, um, the ground floor columns, they need to be bigger because yeah. they need to carry more weight. Um, and that's suitable within the system uh, to increase uh, the width um, at the sizes of your uh, column or by adding uh, additional regular uh, reinforcement. So eventually, you know, what I would say, the sky is the limit. Um, uh, uh, but I would like to do it like step by step for our first, our own project of four stories, and then um, uh, somewhere else at G plus seven, and then gradually scale it up. So the 12 unit building you're doing in the Netherlands, is that in Oos? Uh, that's in Eindhoven. In Eindhoven. So yeah, you'll... Which is south. Uh, your factory is still in Oos? Yeah. Yeah. So you'll ship from Oost to Oost, Yeah, just half an hour drive. Uh, and then those modules are all designed that they be, can be carried on a truck. Uh, so every module uh, on one truck uh, and then just being assembled. And then uh, what we have done is, what I've learned um, at my father's company, um, you want to have dry construction. So not um, uh, pouring concrete on the job site. Mm -hmm. So everything is being eventually bolted. Um, and then with that, you can also deassemble it, uh, debolt it again, and then use those modules in a different way, in a different location, um, and even uh, configure a whole different building. Sure. So it would just be resting on the slab or foundation? And um, no, um, yeah, just on the foundation. And then actually uh, the slab is already being printed. That's pretty interesting. There's a lot of modular systems that have like prefabricated systems that fit on a truck and go into place. Um, I think there's some rule in America about like something might be a mobile home if it's not permanent, if it's a temporary structure and the financing is different. Mm. But I guess the other guys that ship units on a truck build houses that way that look regular. Um, yeah. I guess there's some way to do it. But what challenges have you faced entering, uh, getting permits in the American market? easier more challenging than other permits it was uh, actually uh, rather easy because we work together with james as a general contractor yeah. um and he did uh, in the tallahassee building uh, with i believe printed farms with a cobalt machine mm -hmm. uh, so he already um uh, 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 faced all those challenges with that project and actually we used the same structural principles with our system uh, as that building uh, so it was easy. <laughs> actually easy that's good <laughs> So uh, James, I think, uh, took within his first building a lot of challenges. Yeah, definitely. But what we have done uh, also, we made sure within our, this building as well as I believe within James, within the Tallahassee building, that it complies with the local regulations mm -hmm. uh, by uh, placing regular reinforced columns uh, within the walls. Uh, so you've got a uh, regular uh, RC frame. Is there any way to reduce the structural requirements of the or change the structural measurements might, might be possible um, uh, but it takes a lot of development and then eventually certifying that mm -hmm. and then you, uh, as you are building globally you need to certify it in every country which is a tremendous uh, long and, and time consuming and costly process so we say uh, don't do that just uh, make sure that already you can print faster um, and have a regular reinforced column for example uh, within every wall element uh, so that you can easily start using the system and already reduce costs by 10 to 20 percent. Um, we know that there might be an opportunity. A lot of universities are developing things, uh, but I think that's for the future. Is uh, there to develop room in the market for a company that just helps with certifications, has all the testing equipment? I know it's like some millions of dollars of testing equipment. So if they just had like say 10 million dollars of the lab, and um, then yeah, 
uh, actually there are company of not uh, institutions um, uh, that are um, uh, at this moment um, uh, uh, testing and certifying, for example, these walls, uh, so that eventually everything is, um, uh, 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 for example, with the ASTM mm-hmm. uh, uh, compliant. Uh, yeah, I like... think also uh, Stefan Mansour, uh, you know him, uh, uh, is uh, working on these things to eventually have um, uh, the quality systems in place, uh, where then in, in future companies like Siba or Cobalt, etc., need to comply with. Last uh, time I talked to him, they're not touching anything related to changing any structural elements. They're just looking at the processes yeah. and the current uh, literature that they published doesn't touch on anything changing structural no calculations. No, it's more like the quality of the print itself. Yeah, yeah, uh, that you provide with the system but and the materials you use. Saying they will get to that, um, uh, uh, that might be a next step. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd really love to see that. Uh, and then it's not only the ASTM, but also other um, uh, certification uh, uh, institutes uh, that are testing material. They're making their first steps uh, because the market is rather new um, and growing. So they make now, as the market is growing for printed concrete uh, buildings, uh, they make and also their entrance and starting with the first tests. I don't think those guys are carrying their weight. They should be doing more testing faster, trying to get more things certified, more things available to print. If the market grows quicker, uh, because we're now building one building, after that the second building, etc. Uh, but if you are going to build uh, maybe 1,000 buildings, um, uh, 180 here, 120 there, etc., uh, then I'll probably also they will be way faster. I would like to see them getting started on that in the first couple dozen once it becomes a promising technology. Now there's over 100 printed homes in the world. Uh, they could really make a big difference. Yeah, the, 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 around 100, uh, maybe 200 printed homes. That's not that much if you count china i think it's around 200 <laughs> yeah um, if you have, if i look at my father's company uh, one project is already 200 houses uh, so um, there are so many buildings globally that if you only have 200 ha- printed buildings it's nothing uh, it, it does, uh, based on that it's not worth yet um, for an institution um, to do a lot of testing etc um, yeah three years ago i counted all the printed homes in an afternoon on two hands yeah yeah, yeah, and then that's um, so the uh, uh, the market is scaling up, uh, but if you compare that with the complete uh, construction industry, it's like so yeah, so yeah. tiny. Yeah, two hundred out of billions. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but that's uh, uh, if you look at uh, the demand that there is uh, globally uh, for that, the, the need of houses. Um, I think with um, among others, concrete printing, uh, but maybe also with that, the, the fast brick robotic. There are a lot of uh, opportunities. Um, and uh, uh, also um, uh, a lot of companies like Cobalt, ourselves, um, uh, uh, or uh, Diamond Age, there is a lot of, um, everyone can grow. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, absolutely. Construction's always been a decentralized industry for yeah. the most part. Um, but 3D printing offers to decrease some of that decentralization and benefit more from economies of scale, like if a you, library. Right, you can... if you organize it in the proper way. Uh, we believe indeed in this holistic approach, uh, but if you do it uh, still in the old way, the conventional way, um, uh, 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 and then it's decentralized. But I also believe uh, if you do it in a decentralized way, uh, printing, then you cannot um, build as efficient, uh, uh, utilize all the um, potential that is within the automation uh, to its max. Uh, and then you will result in not reducing the cost or time. One of those things you developed is the Seabay library. Yeah. Uh, is there anything new about that? Um, the Seabay library um, uh, 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 we developed well, back in 2020. Um, uh, and we are adding new models uh, 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 monthly um, uh, or uh, adding uh, tutorials, uh, uh, material data for the mat- different materials that we are testing or developing. 
Um, so that is growing. Uh, what we have done also um, on LinkedIn created a, a community of practice where every month um, all the companies that we work with uh, that have a SIBA printer, they actually uh, have a, a digital meeting to share knowledge and experience. Um, uh, so um, uh, the guys in the UK, for example, are exp uh, sharing experience with James or with Corox, uh, uh, Hoffi, yeah, nice. um, uh, so that they don't need to reinvent the wheel themselves. Uh, and based on that, they can learn from each other and grow faster. Um, uh, uh, and I think that is relevant uh, eventually to have a community uh, working globally together, uh, actually everyone with the same vision. Yeah, and they can all go on the CBA library, download your models, print them easily. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what we're doing uh, was some new developments so that people also can add their own uh, uh, models. Um, and what we're so, um, looking into is um, that they um, add models, get an NFT of it, so that, that they are the author, uh, the, the, the owner of that model. And every time it's being downloaded and printed, they actually get a fee of it. Oh, wow. Nice. Will you manage the licensing of the designs too? Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Will other companies like put a Kobod printer print your designs or like would you let them? That is something we are now, the, uh, the model we are now figuring out. Um, uh, how can we uh, open it more uh, open source, uh, allowing other companies actually also uh, to bring yeah, and experience tricky. their uh, knowledge. Uh, so that's something we're now not struggling with, determining uh, uh, how we could do this in a, in a good way. I know you wouldn't want to go on Kobod library. Do they have a library? I don't think so. <laughs> Would you want to go on their library? Um, I, I don't know. Um, uh, uh, because I, I, in my perception, but I don't know whether I'm correct, Cobalt is focusing um, on uh, making the machinery um, and not on, uh, like our company, having their own team of architects, structural engineers, material engineers. Um, uh, that are uh, We are building ourselves. And yeah. Based on that, that's also a construction company is working from project to project to project. Um, what we are want to do is in every project develop something new in the designs, but then based on that, uh, be able to um, uh, capture that knowledge and be able to share it uh, globally. Um, uh, and that's rather different than a regular construction company. Uh, and I don't, uh, as Cobalt is not building themselves, um, and they're not capturing that knowledge uh, like we are doing uh, uh, in the projects. Uh, for example, here in the project with um, uh, here in Florida, we have a different way of integrating the uh, facilities like uh, the electricity conduits. And so we have all different uh, design tools created, which we actually share on the library, uh, which we can use in new projects. And then in the next project, we can develop something new and then actually stacking uh, 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 knowledge on knowledge. And you mentioned you have plans to continue staying on the cutting edge of the CBA projects uh, as your customers continue to develop projects. You want to keep doing like the biggest, best projects with the CBA printers. Yeah, uh, um, uh, uh, we always need to do our own projects and uh, within those projects uh, develop something bigger, newer um, in order to improve the entire system um, so that eventually based on uh, the knowledge we gain with that, um, we can share that with our customers so that they can use that in their projects in order to build faster and cheaper. Um, so in every project we want to do something new and that's why it's also, um, it's also a, a marketing uh, to build ourselves with our own systems. Yeah. Uh, and also learning about the local industry, et cetera. Yeah. I think that's the most powerful reputation you can have is like that you're constantly developing your own technology, improving it. It's kind of like people love Tesla cars because overnight it gets a software update, has all this capability it didn't have last year. So yeah. the product you bought three years ago is all of a sudden doing something you had no idea it was capable of. Mm -hmm. And it's similar in that if Seabay every year is going bigger, better, their own projects, 
all these people, these printers now have this whole new unrealized potential. Yeah, they, they already have the potential to build 10 to 20% cheaper. And then if we uh, uh, further improve over the one to three years, and they, they get their updates and they can reduce it even to 30%. Is that estimate what based we also on any have in place, projects? Uh, what we also have in place is within our partnership agreements, have, uh, first um, uh, company said we want to have an exclusive partnership agreement. So for New Zealand, etc. So uh, we entered within partnerships exclusively in a kind of a region. Uh, last year, we changed that. Uh, a non-exclusive partnership agreement, uh, for example, with a partner in California, uh, but with the first mover right. So if a company is a first mover with us, uh, they purchase a printer. Every second and third mover, uh, so that uh, they bring in customers, they get a commission uh, on uh, uh, the deal that we have with the, the second, the third, the fourth. Uh, so if we sell a printer to a company in California, they are the first mover. If a second company in California comes in, they get a commission of 3%, which is around 20,000 euros uh, uh, based on selling it. Then eventually, um, instead of retraining the second and the third mover, our partner is going to train them. So they will be earning also uh, money mm -hmm. out of that. That uh, makes sense. You incentivize them to participate. Exactly. Uh, based on that, uh, not exclusive, but actually open in order to grow the global community. And if you are the first mover, then actually you uh, are uh, at the front um, and be able eventually to uh, provide service, to provide the training, etc., and also start earning money based on that. Uh, so, so it's a program for, uh, that we created for other companies to grow along the, as we are growing. The 10 to 20% cheaper estimate, is that based on a completed project or is that based on the estimates for future projects? Uh, that's based on uh, some current projects, for example, Curacao uh, that we've done. Uh, not really, we sold a printer uh, and back in 2021, uh, we printed the first buildings there. Currently, they're building uh, 53 houses uh, in Curacao, uh, all beach houses. Um, uh, and based on their estimates, uh, it's like 10% cheaper. Interesting. That's kind of a unique use case because it's hard to get materials in there and so it's the compound the, the compound actually is indeed being shipped from out of europe and uh, the rest is all localized uh, so with local egg rates and it's a concrete factory factory actually so they already have the entire infrastructure to make uh, the local cyber mortar i would love to see a uh, as built list of how much each subcontractor was paid for each project and uh, see the comps of how much it would cost with traditional methods. That's what uh, those projects, for example, in Curacao, um, we, um, uh, before they purchase a printer, make the business case, uh, indicating then uh, you could cost uh, cut cost in this way uh, by around 10%. Um, during the training, uh, we printed the first two buildings. And based on that, we uh, calculated actually what it has cost in order to com uh, compare and um, based on that, we can say in that project, it was 10%. Um, yeah, those guys, before they got a printer, reached out and I think did a consulting call with me at some point. And uh, I got to get them on the podcast now. I haven't reached out from back out to them. Yeah. In, they're in the Caribbean, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the same group. I'm not 100% sure. Could be. But uh, that's also what we want to do here, here with this project. Eh? We've got uh, the cost breakdown uh, over every, every element. Eventually, you want to, uh, after the building is uh, finished, evaluate whether indeed um, uh, um, uh, the, the cost estimation were right and what should you change uh, in the system or the way of building uh, to improve your system or uh, your uh, approach of construction uh, in the next project uh, to improve that. Typically in construction, there's always expenses over just 20 per, like the estimates are never right. But when you're doing it all in house, like you're a family construction company, all if you are owning the project afterwards too, then you don't really get that like owner-builder conflict because it's the same group. 
yeah, true. If you have, but also, um, if you do everything yourself or the most important things, uh, then you also have control over that. Um, and if you outsource everything, then uh, you rely on the price that you and, and that they give you. Um, and, and then uh, it could be that the costs uh, go and increase depending on what is happening in the market. We saw that in the last two three years, the steel prices, the energy, everything uh, increased. Um, and so if you have everything in house, then you can uh, more have have more control over that. And if you outsource it, then uh, the the next quotation will be higher, higher, higher. That brings me to something I've been meaning to ask since yesterday. How the hell have you guys kept the prices the same on your printers? It's like you guys, Costco <laughs> and Arizona Iced Tea, are the only things that haven't gone up in price. Um, uh, the printers always, yeah. Uh, 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 we didn't uh, have to increase our price uh, because we have uh, good uh, conditions um, uh, uh, with our uh, uh, companies that we work together with. Um, the only thing we had to do uh, for the first time that was last uh, December, uh, increase the material price mm -hmm. um, for the first time um, uh, in 10 years. Uh, 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 wow. I'm sure the material, like what's the difference in volume, how much is being purchased now versus 10 years ago of Seabay mortar? I think 10 years ago, um, when we had to, to 2016, 2017, when we did the Dubai project, we were like um, uh, uh, processing around uh, 200 ton of material. Um, uh, currently, it's more like 5,000 ton. Wow. So that's scaling up, but that's still not that much. Um, 20 times more, 25 times more. Yeah, true. Uh, but if you look at that, that means um, uh, back in 2016, 17, one building in Dubai. Um, uh, uh, currently, uh, with, uh, with our system, uh, globally, uh, there are around 40 buildings uh, being built uh, 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 or already delivered. And yeah, nice. that's 40 buildings globally. That's, yeah, if you look at the construction industry, that's not that much. Um, the yeah. volume is a really interesting number, uh, imagining how that's going to increase over time. Yeah, we believe based on the projects that we, as well as our partners, are acquiring, uh, that by next year, um, around 500 houses uh, with the Seabird machines will be delivered. Uh, the year after that, uh, we will enter in 1,000 globally. Uh, the year after that, and then, and then you are talking about real numbers, uh, uh, 3,000, 4,000 houses. Um, yeah, very promising uh, for the industry. It's uh, I don't know when is like the critical point of has it, have we passed the critical point or uh, what do you mean the critical the critical point for what I guess certainty uh, or maybe it's when there's a like proven business case like maybe a hundred homes in each state or city or something where every contractor is just like oh this is just the, the building here that we are doing now in florida for ourselves um, is a critical point uh, because based on that uh, people have come from um, uh, different states in the last couple of days and they had to see it uh, in, in order to believe it um, ask their questions um, and that's a critical point to uh, sell uh, additional machines and then they uh, will have their critical point and we will train them and do the first project with them. That's then one project and based on that they can scale up. Uh, 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 so uh, critical point has been, uh, is being uh, met, um, but then for projects uh, first, because also municipalities and other ones, uh, real estate developers, they first focus on one building and they want to see it and, and, and that there is a proof. And then they can purchase more printers in order to scale it up and acquire projects of 100 to 200 uh, housing units. Yeah, it still seems like it's mostly early adopter personalities that are attracted to the technology. Yeah, correct. Um, 
So I guess there's a lot of different. And that, that means early adapters are now getting in, uh, mm -hmm. based on that proof, uh, seeing uh, the first buildings being built here throughout the United States. And uh, normally, if you see the innovation chart, it takes like around five to ten years mm -hmm. uh, before then a technology will be ma mainstream. Yeah, a lot of people need a lot of social proof in order to make the jump. Yeah, but it's not a, a lot of people. But also, a lot of people are involved by building just one house. True. You've got a client, an architect, uh, a structural engineer, the construction company, uh, the local uh, uh, municipality that needs a permit. You, so you need to have that, uh, any of the subcontractors yet. So exactly. Thirteen different uh, trades. So, so uh, you need to uh, talk with everyone, convince them, explain them um, how the system is being used. Um, and that's why we do this uh, also ourselves, um, because we are in a good place to actually explain everything rather than uh, if you uh, purchase a printer and you have never printed a building and you need to design it and you don't know uh, uh, how to do so. And then it's also quite difficult to convince the local authorities. So do you typically help your clients with their first building or yeah. within uh, the purchase of a printer there is a, a service contract uh, that we train um, them on an actual project mm -hmm. and that means also uh, we design that project to be able to be printed so they based on that gain experience uh, if they like to afterwards design and engineer their own uh, buildings afterwards so um, it's not only that we train them in printing as well as design and engineering etc and then if needed um, within uh, their second third or whatever project uh, we've got a team of eight people in place um, structure engineer material engineer architects uh, that can support them with uh, design and engineering and making sure that that design complies with the local uh, regulations mm -hmm. it's a lot of stuff there <laughs> Yeah, currently is also a big team, around 40 to 45 people and uh, still hiring. Which roles are you hiring for right now? Um, we are searching for people that are actually going to work here in Florida um, and, and, and also in the Netherlands. Uh, we are searching for people like Juan uh, that can actually train or print. Um, and then uh, within our own factory, we need a complete new team of around 10 people to actually uh, not only manage, but also operate uh, the machinery in order to um, uh, build the projects like the project in Eindhoven. So you mentioned some, uh, go ahead. So by the end of this year, we anticipate that to have a team of around 60 people nice. um, and that will grow farther uh, uh, depending on uh, investments next year in et cetera. Is that to facilitate the modular prefab system? Yeah. And so have you bought that equipment yet? Uh, we uh, no, it's not being bought. Uh, we have made it. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, with Gantry, uh, in the last couple of months, uh, we are printing. Uh, tweaking it, uh, changing some things. Um, actually, this week and next week, we are printing um, uh, different PPVC modules. Uh, maybe I can share next week some pictures of it. So you uh, mentioned the gantry system, but also a separate prefab system. It's a gantry system um, uh, in a separate factory uh, 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 where eventually uh, a housing factory where the houses are being produced. Okay. So we've got two factories, uh, one factory uh, which is making um, uh, the uh, robotic systems and the gantries, which are being sold. And then we've got a second factory uh, uh, where one of our own gantries is going to uh, build those PPVC modules, uh, those modular systems. And then uh, the same gantry uh, later this year will be here in Florida to actually do the same. Nice. Is housing still or real estate still your primary focus? Some customers want to do furniture, different art stuff. Um, the... Uh, within housing, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 the housing industry, that's something uh, I've grown up with. Uh, so that's the uh, industry that is uh, most common for me. Um, I, don't, I, I know that our customers, for example, we sold a printer to Seaboost, um, uh, and they're going to focus on artificial reefs. 
uh, I believe that in taxes or uh, etc., there are also companies that uh, they use uh, such a robotic system, not for housing, but eventually to uh, print uh, coral reefs. Uh, so it is possible, for example, that customers, they use it for other uh, uh, industries, uh, but that's then something they are figuring out and developing. Huh? For example, a partner in Miami, they're focusing on seawalls mm -hmm. um, uh, to be printed over there. I think it's, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting. Seaboost chose to buy a Seabay printer because they used a lot of different printers to build some uh, different reefs. Um, they worked together with uh, X3. Um, uh, 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 eventually, they also asked us already back in 2017, 18, uh, to print some objects because X3 was too busy. Um, then they saw our prices, uh, and we uh, cut costs by around 50% compared with X3. Um, uh, and based on that, uh, they hired us uh, for uh, at the, one of the bigger uh, uh, artificial reefs that we printed ourselves in the Netherlands. I was there. Um, and then it has been shipped uh, to France and there assembled and then uh, put in, into the sea. Um, based on that experience and also the price that it was uh, with uh, using our system, they said, uh, now we've got so many projects, we actually need to have a system ourselves. Uh, that currently is being made and uh, probably in June or July will be de delivered uh, so that they can work on their own projects. And when did they order it? Uh, last year, uh, October, November. So eight months or so lead time? Um, currently the lead time um, is, uh, if it is a new one, uh, six or seven months. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, but what we have done uh, since October, we started to make the machinery on, in stock. Uh, nice. uh, uh, so currently we have lead times um, of some of the systems of just two or three months. Which systems? Would those be like smaller academic systems? Or? No, uh, the robot crawlers. Wow. Uh, we are building every month. Um, at this moment, our production pace is making two machines. Every month, two. Uh, which means I can sell every month two machines. Uh, and based on that, reducing uh, the um, uh, 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 delivery time. Um, but in the end, uh, you, you buy or you reserve a slot, a production slot, you pay for that. Um, eventually, what we see currently, all the slots are being taken all the way to uh, uh, until August. Nice. And then based on that, we can determine maybe we should um, uh, increase uh, the amount of production slots so that the production pace is not two machines a month, but three. Mm -hmm. If you're anticipating growth. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. And that is something um, uh, with the Genfi systems, uh, we're going to do the same. So you also build your own operating uh, stations and a lot of this work is in-house. Your mixer pump stage, uh, table or station, I guess. Uh, pretty much everything you guys are building yourselves. So the lead time, does it come from that assembly process? Or is it coming uh, the lead from time, um, and that is a thing, um, uh, uh, the longer lead time uh, is due to the fact that uh, we rely on the ABB robotics. And uh, globally, there is a, um, shortage. a shortage of chips. And in a robot, there are a lot of chips, uh, so that uh, increases the lead time. When I started SIBA uh, uh, and purchased the first ro robot uh, at ABB was it back in 2017. The lead time was just 14 weeks. <laughs> so if we can go back to that period, huh, then uh, the ABB robot, if we purchase it, uh, the lead time would be 14 weeks. Then we can deliver machines within just three months, three or four months. So the lead time on the ABB robot is really the killer of Yeah, the that's currently like 20 to 30 weeks. That's why we said we're going to build those machines, pre-investing everything in stock so that we can reduce the lead time. Um, but if there is uh, maybe in 10 years not a shortage of chips anymore, then the lead time of the ABB stuff can be reduced. Um, and then also the lead time uh, of the machinery can be reduced.
how many and then that uh, lead time on the robots that's actually also the case within the um, the gantries because within the gantry we have the same controlling unit uh, from abb knowing you guys like making a lot of stuff yourself how many printers would you have to be building for it to make sense to start development on your own robotic arm don't know um, and i don't know whether we want to do our own robotic arm um, uh, because it's good that we work with abb mm. since they have a facility here in the united states uh, one in China, one in uh, Europe, uh, there all the robots come from. That's also if we start selling more machinery here in the United States, um, uh, which will be achieved by the end of this year. Uh, by next year, what we do is making the factory to make the machinery to also establish one here in the United States um, and then work together with ABB, which is located in Michigan, uh, to get the robots from there in order to make the machinery um, uh, for the American market also in America. Is there anything ABB can do to step up their game? Um, uh, 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 I don't know. They also rely on uh, the, the, the uh, factories that make the chips. Yeah. Um, so it's like the entire supply chain. More uh, chips is the big problem, it sounds like. Yeah, but that's a global issue. Uh, uh, also, cars rely on that, uh, etc. Uh, but functionally, the robotic arm, you're happy with it. You don't need more stability. Uh, no, the, the robotic arm, um, as well, also the gantry is based on ABB. And we um, uh, our partner of them, um, uh, they've got a global coverage. So also you need to look at maintenance. If we do everything ourselves, yeah. then also if there is something broken, uh, we need to fly in people or we have this entire net maintenance network. Um, and that's why it's good to work together with ABB because they already have this in place. Um, if there's something not functioning, for example, within a robotic arm in uh, South Africa, uh, then there is a local ABB robotic center uh, that can send a local guy rather than that we need to fly all the way from the Netherlands to South Africa. Uh, so it's, it's, it's good in, in uh, some extent uh, to work with partners, in this case with ABB for the robotics and our automation. Around that, we do everything ourselves. And for the material in that uh, sense, work together with GCC, Curador, and CTS in order to be able to uh, globally supply the materials. Yeah, there's also such a strong used robotic arm market that it's like an asset that can be leveraged for the financing or uh, anything else. Yeah, and that also here in the, uh, the United States, uh, we work together with actually financing companies uh, so that our partners, um, if they want to have a printer, uh, they don't uh, need to pay up the full investment. Uh, they eventually have a lease agreement um, uh, because a, a, a construction company, uh, they rely on the cash flow that is within uh, the project. And that doesn't allow them to do an investment of 350,000 euros, uh, but they can pay uh, with their cash flow the leasing uh, uh, fees. Uh, so we here in the United States, uh, we have a partner uh, which actually um, uh, would uh, do the payment for the printer and then lease it out to um, uh, uh, that partner that actually has the projects. And I think with that, we are helping a lot of potential customers actually to be able to acquire a printer uh, without doing that big investment. Yeah, that's really powerful. Construction companies, most of them aren't used to putting out the money for a, down, or a whole piece of equipment out front. They're usually renting it for exactly. really expensive prices. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes the weekly rental, it would pay for itself in a year uh, if they bought the equipment. But I don't know. That's just not that. They and then with the leasing um, at the uh, construction company, they only need to focus on acquiring projects and make sure that mm -hmm. the uh, project pipeline is full so that the machinery is con continuously printing because then it is earning money. And with that money, you can pay easily the leasing fee. Yeah, especially if rates come down again, that'll be a really uh, no-brainer option. Yeah. What are the rates like 
now for uh it's certainly more risky than a house i imagine so it'd be more than seven percent uh yeah, it depends uh, for that um if a company has an interest um uh, to uh, acquire the printer through the leasing mm -hmm. uh, first um and uh, our partner will validate uh, the credibility mm -hmm. um and based on that the rates will be determined Sure, I guess they can and make it also custom depends, deals. Yeah, right. And it also depends on which machine. Do you want to have a gantry, a robotic system, etc.? So there are different factors actually which will determine the rate. Perhaps if they're a really big construction company, they prove they have cash flow and exactly uh, makes sense. So I think that is also something we have organized over the last couple of months, uh, which is crucial to further open the American market and find new partners uh, uh, that eventually uh, work together with us you know, using our systems and, and start uh, using it in their construction pro uh, projects. Making it as easy as possible for someone to just get going. Exactly. And that was in the last, well, I think, couple of years, a lot of work, um, a lot of uh, learning by doing. Um, but in the end, um, it's an, a, a proper fundament uh, in order to work together and, and based on us, sell not only just two machines a month, but grow to four, five, six machines being sold every month. So that's all in place. Absolutely. You guys also, I don't even really have a question for this, but you do a great job avoiding cracking in your systems. A lot of printed houses have a lot of cracks. You guys don't. Uh, it's about um, uh, printing elements. Um, and if you print um, a, 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 a wall element of like three meters, 10 feet in one go, mm -hmm. um, and then and that, with that actually you avoid cracks. If you print a layer of just uh, two inch or three inch, whatever, uh, for 10 meters, uh, but then you print 20 centimeters and then 20 centimeters, uh, the um, expanding and shrinkage is always different. And that actually uh, results in cracks. That is what you see with a lot of systems. That's also why we use a smaller gantry system and, and having some details within the walls in order to prevent cracks. I guess if you print it all in one go in an hour, then the expanding and shrinkage kind of happens together while it's Exactly. Still... Yeah. And that avoids that if we would print like half a meter and then print two days later uh, again uh, like one meter, then uh, the, probably there will uh, a crack occur due to the difference in expanding and shrinkage. So is your material a very low shrinkage material, or it doesn't yeah. matter because it's of the uh, non-shrinkage material, mm -hmm. and that also prevents the cracking. And that's based on the the, the compound that is uh, actually within the material. And if you use a regular OPC, uh, that's more uh, uh, expanding and shrinking. And uh, therefore, if you especially then use a gantry system and printing walls of 10 meters, yeah, then you will end up with cracks. It's interesting that you guys have been so open-minded towards materials allowing groups to send you stuff to test but you're still using the same uh mix so nothing that you've tested has been superior to that i guess correct <laughs> after all this time and testing no yeah uh, other companies uh, haven't been able to come up with better materials mm -hmm. uh, from our perspective false you know. quality um, there's uh, so many uh, different metrics yeah uh, and then what other companies uh, uh, believe, uh, a partner from us in Morocco, like I mentioned, is working with Lafarge, uh, their material. Um, uh, uh, for him, that works better, um, uh, maybe due to logistics, mm -hmm. um, uh, but that's up to them. Are you bound to an agreement with Codor for some amount of years where you have to sell their material? Um, uh, we have a partnership in place uh, together with the, the material partners uh, that we work together mm -hmm. um, uh, 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 both ways. But they didn't invest, so 
they just invest the time and energy. They, they, right. Like we are investing time and energy. They're also investing their time and energy. And based on that, we see that uh, the, the tonnage of material that is being sold is growing uh, from 200 to 5,000 ton. Uh, and we anticipate that in the upcoming years, the same growth curve. So as you uh, continue seasoning your NOI and uh, preparing to raise money, what's your ideal investor look like? Um, that is something actually currently we are uh, determining. Uh, so we're now starting um, uh, with uh, meetings with consultants in order to set everything in place. Um, and we have reserved uh, for over one year in order to uh, be yeah. investor ready uh, and okay. selecting the right investor. So if somewhere next year in June, um, uh, we have found the proper uh, partner uh, to work with uh, that can invest uh, for the long term. Um, so um, we're just actually starting uh, with uh, going up that route. On the spectrum of somebody that'll just give you cash and shut the fuck up to somebody that gives you money and really participates all the time every day, what are you looking for? Um, uh, a company a partner that actually uh, participates. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, so it would be a strategic investor that, that also can help us grow further. Or maybe multiple investors and we're uh, like I mentioned just starting up that route um, uh, with the first uh, meetings and uh, making the first plans uh, based on that we need like what maybe one year to um, adjust the company in the right order um, uh, and then we've got a long-term uh, vision till uh, 2030 uh, that we want to achieve uh, so the investor should be able to accommodate it uh, for the long term because if it is just money here, you've got five million. Yeah, that is something we can also easily do from out of the family. You want a milestone-based goal that can reach bigger heights. Exactly. Very interesting. And how have you noticed the? I guess you're not doing the fundraising yet. You're still planning. What kind we're of investors now, you exactly, want? Exactly. We're now planning everything, um, uh, uh, adjusting also the company, uh, restructure things in order to uh, be ready um, uh, 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 to create uh, the first investment round. Some founders spend like 95% of their time just fundraising and they miss out on the whole like building the business side. Um, yeah, we adjusted it. We start, first started with developing the technology, yeah. then using it in construction projects. Hey, eventually a building is being built on a job site or in a factory in the future. Um, and based on that, we created a company uh, currently of around 45 people. Um, and um, based on that, you know, we can now start raising uh, capital. Uh, to further grow. But I believe you need to have the, these uh, fundamentals um, because otherwise uh, you get a lot of money, but you don't have anything to show off. Uh, 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 and then you lose a lot of equity as well, which means you're losing control. And then, uh, yay, uh, I've got a lot of value in my shares, but actually you're just um, a bubble. Yeah, I want to ask you how the macro environment has changed fundraising, but since you haven't been seeking investment yet, maybe you don't, I mean, have, what's your experience been like uh, have you noticed differences for no, investors? No, or? because we um, uh, 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 never had to have meetings uh, with potential investors, etc. Because we always were focusing on selling printers or uh, building uh, uh, projects. They're not even uh, in your uh, world. And that's like in cash flow. Of course, um, when we did in 2015 this accelerator program, um, uh, we uh, got in a community of investors. Uh, so we know a lot of them, mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't spend time um, with meeting them, etc because we focused always on um, on sales. I bet some of them uh, wish they spent a little sales, more time. Sales, cash flow, etc. Uh, 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 that's the um, uh, uh, maybe the diff more difficult path that we followed. But based on that, we've got um, uh, uh, leads, uh, we've got sales. Uh, turnover is currently growing, doubling every year. 
uh, we have uh, uh, a couple of years, also this year and last year, um, a positive margin, um, at five to ten percent. Uh, so I think that's a good uh, fundamental uh, 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 to have a company and uh, also be trustworthy as a company, uh, which it, for us I, we anticipate would be easy to uh, find the right partner in order to work with and further scale up the company. Yeah, I think if you hit all those things like trustworthiness, cash flow, then you're investable in any economy. Exactly. Uh, and that's why we, uh, we are like uh, in a good position to find uh, we are in control. I don't need an investor, but I need uh, by next year, we anticipate we need money to um, a quicker scale up yeah. uh, than we would have done if we uh, keep being bootstrapped. So you probably won't go for like a reg A type of situation, raising money from crowdfunding. No. Those are fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, uh, we would need a strategic partner that actually can help us scale it up faster. Um, and then we will determine that by currently making the plans, restructuring the organization. And uh, based on that, um, we will see uh, which companies, uh, selection of companies or uh, partners uh, uh, might fit and uh, match. Yeah, absolutely. And then you need to talk with them and see whether there is a, also on a personal level a match because eventually you're going to work uh, for the long term. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's companies that have been fundraising the whole time, like founders that are only focused on fundraising all the time, they have a very different answer to that question. And they're in pain from uh, all of a sudden companies want to do due diligence, which is a brand new term that didn't exist last year or two years ago. Yeah, but uh, since we have everything in place, um, I'm not that scared yeah. uh, of doing a due diligence. Um... <laughs> there are people who are. <laughs> So let them come in. Um, we are selling uh, operation-wise. We are up and running uh, and, and growing. Uh, so um, uh, let them come in. Uh, or yeah, like uh, currently also uh, last week, this week, a lot of uh, potential customers, they do their due diligence on the job site, see the printer actually printing. Um, so since we are focusing on having that the quality in place, uh, let them come and then they will be amazed uh, in order to be interested to work together with us. Yeah, I look forward. I mean, maybe this is a little bit dark, but with the hurting economy i appreciate the honesty and reality that it brings out in that people can't just like there's less funny money around and you can't just raise a billion dollars for like one house that you built somewhere no, yeah that's what's happening currently in the market and i think it is foolish um and that's a bubble uh, because eventually yeah, um, uh, would such a company become maybe the next katera uh, which was the wooden factory company of which a japanese investor invested like uh, 1.5 billion and they just lost it. 1.5 billion. You can spend 1.5 billion in, uh, to a lot of other different things uh, that actually will bring good for humanity. It's what you, gone. Um, that's actually what you still see. So I think, I think it is good that uh, in the current market, um, uh, uh, a lot of things actually collapse um, and that we come a bit more back to being realistic. Is there a next Katera you'd predict? Or is that too mean of a question? <laughs> Um, uh, 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 I don't know. I hope not, uh, because if there is a next Katera in a, in, and from out of the 3D concrete printing industry, uh, that would give a bad name to every other uh, 3D concrete printing uh, uh, company. So I hope not, uh, but you never know. I like to think that I could have a little impact on preventing catastrophic damage to the industry if it was a group that was blatantly lying and that they failed because they were doing things that were deceitful or trickery, things that other companies aren't doing. 
if a company failed like Katera style and then I could go back and see like, yeah, but they said this, this and this, that's why they failed. Not all the companies are going to fail. It was just, it was an isolated incident. It could be presented in a, if it's true that it's not catastrophic to the industry. Um, uh, true. Um, uh, 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 uh. It doesn't need to be catastrophic, uh, but it will give a bad name. And if yeah. you are in a position of uh, starting to raise money, then uh, that potential investor is going to look twice uh, 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 before they really want to uh, work together with you. Yeah, things change once you raise a lot of money. After you guys raise $100 million, you'll have a board and some PR lady will say, you can't talk to Jared this week. you got to wait. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, but currently I've got a lot of potential customers, etc. sales uh, that also uh, need attention so yeah. that I cannot talk with you every day. <laughs> At least I <laughs> so can. So there ask. is always something uh, 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 that uh, 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 there is always a challenge and it's always different. Uh, it's the third podcast. Every year is good enough. For... Okay, fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I plan on going to Europe and I've already seen you in three countries. So hopefully that list will keep growing over the years. And, uh, America is so hot right now, it's very hard for me to justify going somewhere else, especially because I've promised so many groups I'll visit when I go to Europe, I can't just go and visit one. No, I mean, there are more and more groups as well. Uh, I have so, to visit like 30 uh, yeah, or 40. Yeah, right. So you need to be there for like uh, uh, one or two months. Yeah. I'm planning on six when the Cybertruck comes out. Uh, it's played to my advantage that it hasn't come out yet because I can use that as an excuse to push it <laughs> When it comes out, I'll go to Europe. Cool. Maybe I'll yeah, never you're be You're more than welcome. The, uh, I think that'll be an interesting gimmick for first Cybertruck in Europe for going around all the 3D printing mm -hmm. construction companies. We'll see when that happens. Hopefully by next summer. I'd like it to be summer. Europe is much nicer in the summer. Uh, and then you can do your um, uh, uh, certification, recertification yeah. then. Or maybe and even the using next the, up certification. Exactly, advanced. and then use the, um, and the gantry system to uh, see yeah. the PPVC being produced. What about, we didn't talk about slicing at all. Uh, have there been big developments in the slicing region? Um, last year we launched uh, Shizzle. Uh, Shizzle is our mm -hmm. slicing software. Uh, uh, we launched Shizzle 8. Um, uh, I give that to all the uh, companies. In that we had some, um, uh, 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 mainly the processing is easier. So it's quicker being sliced and we've got some features in order to um, uh, print multiple objects uh, in one go. Cool. Yeah, the slicing is, uh... It's not difficult. I learned to, like within two weeks with you guys, but it, there are some nuances, like details, um, yeah. understanding the path. And some people, it's great that you have a slicer. There are some teams out there writing their G code by hand. Uh, did you know that? <laughs> um, I've heard some rumors indeed that they uh, write their G code by hand uh, or even go to uh, the website Fiverr to ask somebody somewhere okay. uh, to, could you do this for us? And then based on that, they've got, uh, we actually provide our slides for also to other companies um, mm -hmm. that are in uh, the uh, 3D computer printing business. They can like license it out or? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, having a slicer to do that by hand in a world of pursuing automation yeah, true. Uh, but these companies, uh, they focus on printing as a mechanical engineer. They're not a software engineer. Mm -hmm. And we have all those people in place uh, in order to create uh, the entire system um, uh, with all those different people. There's definitely a huge range of some teams are just trying to get a house printed. Like it doesn't matter. Maybe they'll mix material by hand and do the G code by hand. And it's really not automated yeah, at but all. That, that, yeah, that's foolish. And it should be automation um, uh, so that every, um, and based on that, uh, you reduce the amount of manual labor. Uh, currently here, the system that we have here, it is manually uh, starting up. 
but we have options uh, on the mixed pump system that everything is being automated mm -hmm. so that the mixed pump system is actually uh, connected to the control unit um, uh, of the printer. And then that actually starts up uh, the material and also has the values uh, of uh, the mixing uh, 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 the amount of water and the amount of additive based on the outside temperature. What about data collection? That actually, based on that option uh, within the um, uh, automated mix pump system, um, uh, we are measuring the temperature, mm -hmm. uh, gathering data, uh, so that eventually being improved uh, the uh, mix ratios. Yeah, that's going to be. That's also why um, during printing you see Kevin uh, all the time uh, measuring the temperature uh, of the rotor stator of the material. That data is being included and um, saved in Artisan. Artisan is uh, our software to control the printer. Uh, so within every print, you need to keep track of the print statistics. Um, uh, so the temperature of the uh, material, the temperature of the rotor stator, uh, the temperature of the water, etc. And that's all being collected. Um, and then Artisan, uh, we've got a, a data set um, uh, where we have all the data of every print. Um, based on that, we can um, uh, 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 automate the process of the mixed pump system. And then when it measures the temperature, it writes, uh, directly knows based on the data. Uh, what the right variables should be for mixing uh, the cyber mortar. So you use, I know you run accelerant through the system before you start printing no, with water. Uh, we, uh, the water is uh, directly being uh, mixed uh, water with, 100%. With, uh, with a retarder. Okay, yeah. And then uh, the material um, is from uh, first just water, then uh, material, uh, starting it up, uh, taking like uh, one or two minutes. Wait, first water and then water and retarder. Uh, the water and retarder uh, directly together. Okay. Um, being mixed and then uh, starting up with 0% material to 100% material so that uh, the conveying of the material is like continuously. Um, uh, but still we are like high in the water at 250 liters. And then, um, and that's depending on the outside climate and the, the temperature of the water, etc. Uh, you reduce the amount of water from 250 to 200 or 190 liters. And then at the same time, also your retarder uh, is from 6.6 .6 liters being reduced to uh, one liter an hour or uh, a half liter or whatever. And that all depends on um, uh, the outside climate. Um, during printing, all the data is being collected in Artisan. So we've got a bunch of data over the last 10 years. And with that, if uh, a company selects uh, the automated mixed pump system, then actually all the data is in that system and it knows uh, with um, uh, the sensors, measuring the temperature, etc. Uh, how to do this in, in uh, automatically without having uh, uh, doing that manual. In my operator test, I forgot to turn on the water heater. So I ended up using almost no retarder mm. in the system. Uh, and the, it printed like it worked. It probably could have been a lot better if no, I... Yeah, there were always like um, uh, different ways in yeah. order to make it printable. Um, and that is something yeah, based on experience. But yeah, you did uh, done the training uh, within one or two weeks. And um, within those one or two weeks, you've got experience in order to operate the machine. Yeah. the Retarder that goes through in the beginning, is that forming the lubrication layer? Um, the retarder, uh, no, the, the, uh, the hose is actually uh, with water um, is sufficient lubricated. The retarder is specifically to reduce the setting time. Um, if you um, wouldn't use the retarder, then the material would be set within two minutes, for example. And with the retarder, it is five minutes. And that's net, uh, there's two, uh, three minutes difference. That's net crucial in order to be able to print um, a, a, a wall in just a couple, uh, couple of minutes. That makes sense, especially because your material has, uh, it has like that gloss finish when it's printed fresh mm -hmm. on the outside, that's really smooth uh, from the material separation, right? In the hose from the, to the shear. Yeah. 
uh, in the host, uh, that is what's happening in the host, uh, the smaller particles, which actually is the cementition material, um, that goes faster on the outside, and the bigger size particles are on the inside going slower. And that's why, indeed, on the outside, you've got like this um, like coating, uh, which is actually all the cementitious uh, uh, material. Fine stuff. Exactly. So that means that you have a plug flow zone in your extrusion mm -hmm. head. Uh, how does that factor into your mix design or your planning for the printer? And I think that's, yeah, that's that we with, your, with your mix design, um, and you need to have a good distribution of the different particles and that should be within a kind of an S curve uh, mm -hmm. within the particles of in between um, uh, 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 zero millimeters and the cementitious particles all the way to the bigger grain sizes of around uh, three to four that we have in our mixture. Uh, millimeters, uh, but within the system, it's also possible to have bigger um, uh, grain sizes uh, or even process concrete. Uh, but then it's about adjusting the system uh, with uh, processing uh, particles of like one centimeter. Um, uh, it's about having a bigger hose uh, of not 25 millimeter uh, diameter, uh, but uh, 35. And that is also possible in our system. Have you ever considered ways to have a stronger lubrication layer that would reduce or eliminate the plug flow zone? Uh, no, no. <laughs> it's I'm just trying to uh, learn more about some of the sciencey stuff behind 3D printed construction, and uh, there's no, a lot. So of it. Some things uh, we said we don't need to focus on uh, yeah. because um, the system that we have is it, it's working well, um, and so we uh, leave it as that. And um, with the time that we have to develop new things, we focused on other stuff. It's an interesting. I only learned about plug flow zones a couple weeks ago, so. Mm -hmm. That seems to be the cause of a lot of clogging in systems, especially systems that run for like eight hours or so, because the material is like funneling back yeah, but up. That's also still. why um, with a gantry system, a big one, you print uh, like uh, eight hours in one yeah. go. Uh, we print uh, with a robotic system on the crowler, uh, wall elements, uh, which takes like half an hour, uh, one hour, one and a half hour. Uh, so that prevents also, because you're just printing like one hour, um, uh, that that happens. So your gantry system, you'll be printing a lot more time. How will you mitigate four, that? Four hours indeed, uh, which is still not that long. Sure. Cool. Are there, there's so many different equations, models. Uh, and when I talk to some printers with a lot of hands-on experience, they say, once you actually start printing on site, you throw those models out the window because there's too many unforeseen variables and stuff. Uh, has that been your experience or are there some... What do you mean with uh, you throw the models away? Like the stress, strain, viscosity, all the, like the Roussel equations and the uh, Herschel, uh, whatever equations. Uh, the math that works in an academic setting doesn't usually translate the same on site is what I've been told. No, true. Um, we see that uh, in every site. Um, uh, uh, yeah, not, not in every. Uh, currently, it's all, uh, um, our system is pretty robust. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, and based on experience that we have uh, gained in uh, printing in 2017 in Dubai, in Milan, in Saudi Arabia, in um, uh, the guys in Qatar, in, in, in Sarja, etc., uh, Morocco, South Africa, uh, Paraguay, uh, Curaçao, now in, in, in Florida, we actually see the, the similarities. Um, and since the system is pretty robust, um, uh, uh, we know how to tweak. Um, and it's just uh, tweaking, for example, um, uh, uh, the water temperature. Mm -hmm. the, we increase it or we downsize it. Uh, so uh, and we know which factors that uh, we need to tweak in order to have it uh, up or running here uh, uh, or in any other country. Yeah, it just takes that skill to 
get that qualitative ability until you have all the data where it can be yeah exactly automated uh and that's probably a little bit harder than like my training just to print once in your warehouse to get a brand new system up and running in a new location um true uh, but like here um it took us like two hours to, uh, uh, from the truck to assemble the printer uh, uh, um, when we had, had the material um it was like um, uh, the hose not connected to the printer process the material you always start with those high, high volumes of 250 liter water and 6.6 uh, additive and then it's uh, gradually downsizing it mm -hmm. so you've got one bucket of waste and then you already know what the right settings would be here in florida or in every other uh, uh, region globally so most of the time when you go to a new site you're kind of dialing it down watching the qualitative metrics of the material yeah, exactly and then once it's good, you're like, okay, yeah, okay the this is good. And then you can directly connect it to the printer um, and start printing. And then uh, in so the afternoon, you can target those numbers, but they may be a little different. Yeah, the, uh, there are, of course, uh, the rotor stator is a wearing part. Um, uh, and as long uh, after 10 or 20 uh, walls being printed, uh, you need to tweak it a bit, uh, but that's all just marginal. Is there any way to eliminate the rotor stator? It's such a pesky, expensive part. Yeah, indeed. And uh, there's something also worth we are figuring out. <laughs> <laughs> We uh, went over on time. <laughs> cool. It's been a really entertaining conversation, though. I've uh, been enlightening. I hope. Uh, is there anything we left out? Uh, no, I don't think most things are touched. Cool. Well, thank you, Barry. Look forward to the next time. Yeah, thank you this. as well.